0: Hello and welcome to Folklore of the Universe, the podcast where we can spring forwards into... Shit, I don't know. I'm your host, Kyle. This is episode 8. This is actually going to be a special episode. I know, two special episodes back-to-back. Don't worry, the world is not ending. Well, it is, but that's that's not really that big of a deal. But in case you somehow missed both the episode description and the episode title, this is our spring special. So here we go. Today should be the spring equinox that this is being uploaded, unless something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. But it should be the equinox today, which is when the the daytime and the nighttime are both exactly equal in length. And then from here on out, the days are going to start getting longer. And it has been very springy out, at least where I am. The sun is shining, the birds are singing, the flowers are growing. Well, the sun's not shining right now because it's gone down. And the birds aren't really singing. Oh, the window's closed. They might be singing. Uh, I don't think so. I don't see any birds out there, though. I did see some flowers earlier today, so they are they are doing their thing. Um, the point is, is that spring is here, and it's doing its thing, so we're gonna do a spring special, because this is the astronomy-important springtime now. So instead of a normal episode where we do specific stories, I'm just going to talk about general spring equinox traditions and customs and significances that revolve around it. So let's get started. Like I said before, the spring equinox is really important because that's when the day and the night are exactly equal. Now what's nice about this is that it makes it easy to figure out when the equinox is just by observing the day and the night. So for ancient peoples, it was fairly easy to figure out what days were the equinoxes and what days were the solstices. And once you have those figured out, then it's pretty easy to get the entire year together, and you've got a functioning calendar. That's why a lot of ancient structures are essentially calendars that pinpoint when the equinoxes and the solstices are. For example, Stonehenge in the UK is a giant calendar that marks down when the summer and winter solstice are. Or in Mexico, at Chichen Itza, the main temple, the big iconic pyramid, on the equinoxes, the sun hits it so that there's this light effect, so that there's, it looks like there's this shadow serpent crawling down the side of the pyramid. The pyramid itself is supposed to be the temple of Kukulkan, who is the Mayan feathered serpent god. Sort of like Quetzalcoatl in the Aztec pantheon. They're both these big winged serpents. And the belief is that on the equinoxes, he travels out of the temple, down the path, and dives into the sacred cenote. Cenotes are these big water-filled sinkholes that are all around Yucatan. But the shadow effect reflects that, but it also marks down, again, the equinoxes. So it has this cultural and religious significance, but it also works as the calendar, which is quite nice. Now you may be wondering, what's the big deal with marking down the equinoxes? Why is this so important? Well, if you're living in a farming community like most people were, knowing when the equinoxes are are really important for knowing when to start planting different crops. Because back then, most people lived in small little villages and almost everyone grew their own food, or they lived across from someone who grew their own food and they would trade, like if they're a blacksmith, nails and other metal bits with them for food. And if everyone's a farmer, then keeping track of farming cycles is a really important thing to do. Because if you plant stuff too early or too late, then the plants aren't going to grow right, and if that's your only food, you're going to starve, which really isn't an ideal desired outcome. Most people like to avoid starving, if at all possible. The equinox is generally considered to be the start of spring, which is also a happy thing because... Back in ancient times, winter wasn't the fun, amazing time it is now. They didn't have skiing or snowball fights or anything like that. They just had starvation and being cold and miserable. So spring was when this hellish cold death season was over and people could get back to not starving again, which again is a fun thing to do. A lot of spring festivals revolve around this returning of life to the worlds. Which is another reason it's so popular, because while winter is nice, it can get a bit dreary after a while, so seeing all the flowers and bees and colors come back after that can be quite nice. Because of this rebirth and the returning of life to the world, a lot of spring festivals are often fertility festivals. They're to make sure that the crops grow well for that year, that animals have lots of babies, so you've got even more animals for livestock. Also for human fertility, so that people have strong, healthy kids to help keep the population of the village going and in fact some of the oldest artifacts we found from even pre-agrarian societies were fertility or are thought to be fertility idols and tokens and symbols and things like that so it is a very very old series of traditions that go way back proper far to early early human times One big symbol of spring that are used in a lot of springtime festivals are eggs. So it's not just an Easter thing. It is actually used in many different places. For example, China has big spring festivals revolving around eggs. And this has been done for a while, too. Even ancient Egypt and Mesopotamia had egg-related festivals. The big question here is, why eggs? It could be anything. It could be bacon. It could be pine cones. There's plenty of things out there. But eggs symbolize rebirth and renewal really well because if you think about it, it's this little round box with that can just turn into a chicken or whatever other you know other birds are available. And of course you can also eat them and they're very nutritious, so eggs are essentially life life in a box. Or life in a tin can. I mean they're not really any, they're just eggs. So I don't hmm life in an egg. We'll just say that. Eggs are life in a little bundle of egg. The spring equinox has also become an important marker date for several religions. For example, in Judaism, Passover is celebrated on the first full moon after the spring equinox, and in Christianity, Easter is usually celebrated on the first Sunday after the first full moon after spring equinox. Passover is very much a spring a festival holiday. is specifically mentioned to be a spring holiday. It celebrates the exodus, the freeing of the Israelites from Egypt. But a big part of the traditional celebration way back when was the offering of the first harvests of barley. So there's this very strong connection to springtime and crops growing back. Again, we've got this idea of celebrating renewal and new life coming into the world. As for Easter, that celebrates Jesus coming back to life after being killed, which quite literally is renewal and rebirth. So you can see both these are very strongly tied to this new life coming back and renewal and all sorts of things like that, which is very springy. So both these holidays are fairly closely tied to spring, which is why they are tied to the spring equinox. Actually, I should probably be calling it the March equinox because it's only the spring equinox in half the world, the northern hemisphere. and the southern hemisphere, is the autumn equinox. So that is a bit, it's not quite the same there. But you know what? I'm so deep into it, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep calling it the spring equinox, and you'll all know what I mean. So here we go. A lot of calendars are also tied to this equinox. For example, the Persian calendar begins on this equinox, the Babylonian calendar used to begin on the first full moon after this equinox, and the Indian national calendar starts the day next to this equinox. Which honestly makes a lot of sense, because I've got no goddamn clue why our calendar starts in the middle of winter. It makes no sense whatsoever. Starting at the start of spring makes... it just works. It's so much better. So, Julian calendar, get your shit together. Jesus Christ, just just fix it okay that's a bit of a rant ramble this whole thing's been a ramble that was more ranty Uh, back to back to the topic on hand another celebration tied with the spring equinox is a norse one and it's called okay i'm gonna butcher this name but disablot disablot something like that whatever it's called it's this ceremony holiday that's designed to worship and pay respects to the female spirits and deities to ensure a good harvest. So once again, we've got this idea of fertility and renewal and making stuff grow and live good. And really, that's what all these ceremonies around the Spring Equinox are. They're all about this renewal and harvest things, so... You know what? I'm I'm not going to go through every single goddamn one. I think you guys have gotten the picture by now. So I'm going to start wrapping the episode up, I guess, now. I think we've covered the spring equinox stuff decently. Well, hopefully you know a tiny, minuscule bit more about it now. This has been a very short episode, but again, it is a special. So that's how it goes. I think specials are normally supposed to be longer than regular episodes, but this is a special special where it's shorter instead. So boom, check that out. Well, that's been all from me. So there's going to be another episode in two more weeks at the scheduled time on Friday. So it'll all be back to normal. It'll be normal episode format, normal episode length, normal time, and all that. So we have that to look forward to. But in the meantime, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this special episode. If you enjoyed it, let me know. If you didn't enjoy it, let me know. Be sure and share it around with all your friends and family. Uh, I've been your host, Kyle, and yeah, bye.